You are listening to The Investor Way with Sam Ball and Jonathan McEwen. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at TIWTweets. Hello, welcome to The Investor Way with me, Sam Ball, my co-host, John McEwen. In this week's episode, we'll be updating our fantasy portfolio. So for anyone who's forgotten or wasn't listening at that point, last year in episode 15, we created a £1 million fantasy portfolio. I'll quickly outline the structure of it, but if you want to hear it properly, I would recommend just going back and listening to the original episode. The allocation we decided on was 2.5% Bitcoin, 17.5% commodities, 40% index funds, and then 40% individual stocks, with the individual stocks being UK and US listed. In terms of the portfolio now, those weightings have changed. So the, I think the first thing that's worth discussing is what are your thoughts on rebalancing the portfolio, John? Well, I think we're sort of, after the year that Bitcoin's had, we are now overweight Bitcoin. And we're also, I suppose, overweight the commodities because they've had a strong year too. So they're larger parts of the portfolio. I wouldn't necessarily be in favour of changing them. I, I would be happy to let them run probably wouldn't be adding more to them at the moment. We've got some stocks that we're going to talk about um, that we would be buying from the money from selling a few and also from the money that we've got from dividends. So my thoughts on rebalancing, I would agree. I would be against rebalancing on the basis that you're cutting the flowers and watering the weeds. But like you say, we went for a 20% commodities with that including 2.5% Bitcoin, and that's now pushing 24% after the year it's had. I just think, I mean, I like the idea of letting the winners ride anyway, but I also think as well, when we go through results every single week and they're talking about inflation, I think having a larger commodities and Bitcoin exposure, I don't view that as a bad thing. I'm quite happy to have a larger exposure than last year because it's probably more of a problem than it was last year. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, And I mean, in my own portfolio, I have been adding to the commodities and to Bitcoin, um, whether it's a commodity or not. Um, but uh, yeah, so I suppose that that's, I guess, kind of reflected uh, in the fantasy portfolio as well. Do you want to say, tell us how we've done against the market then? Okay, so when we talked about it, we were talking about comparing with the All World Index. So what we used was the iShares, MSCI, All World Index, The ticker for that is ssac.l, so obviously listed in London, so our UK investors could buy that. And it's an accumulating fund, and it's done 18 point, well, almost exactly 18%. The the InvestAway Fantasy Portfolio has done just over 12%. So we have underperformed the market by about 6%. Still positive. It's... It's still, it is still positive, and we can, we'll, we'll go through the portfolio stock by stock, and we can talk about what has performed well, outperformed, and what's underperformed, and then we can go on to discuss the stocks that we're going to sell and the ones that we're looking to buy. Yeah, it's, inter- it's probably worth highlighting as well. When I was updating this, I think in my mind, you, you focus on the individual stocks you'd picked, like, and I knew a lot of those. So... T- Spoiler alert, we're going to go through it, but the commodities and the indexes have performed pretty well. And it's our individual stocks that have dragged <laughs> the performance down. I knew quite a few of them had done quite poorly. So I expected a negative return. So I was pleasantly okay. surprised by 12%. So I guess it does 
it does give a bit of a lesson there that it does show the importance of actually diversifying a portfolio and across different assets and types of stocks. Because if we'd gone all US growth, it would have been a disaster of a year. Yeah, it would have been. Whereas if we'd gone all S and P five hundred, it would have been a very good year. It would have been. It would have been a much shorter it episode. Though. It would have. Been, it would have been a shorter episode, but we would have outperformed the world index. But I suppose that yeah, um, that's the strength of well, some of the UK, US companies. Fine. So should we start with Bitcoin then, Sam? Yes. So we allocated two and a half percent to Bitcoin on the basis that, well, it was enough that we'd we'd feel it if it did well, but not too much that. It would ruin us if it went badly. It was also the same allocation that Ruffer had used when they bought Bitcoin back in 2020. So our 2.5% has returned 78%, and that's now sitting at a weight of 4%. So yeah, 78% return, that's pretty good. It was actually quite a bit higher at one point. I think Bitcoin's down a fair bit from its peak, but I'll take a 78% return every day of the week. Yeah, and the same reason it's sort of, I suppose, in short, the digital gold argument, and you mentioned the inflation concerns. So that that's the main reason for holding Bitcoin. Yeah. So I don't really want to do anything with that. I think 4%. Right. I'm quite happy. I think it's earned it's earned 4%. So yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Right. Next. And then we had the Bloomberg Commodity Index. Um, so it's, well, an index of all of the commodities. So from oil and gas to your soft, your, your coffees and um, livestock. But uh, that has had a very good year. It's returned 26% and we had a larger allocation to that. So we'd put in our fantasy portfolio, it'd been a cost of about 70, uh, 175,000. It's gone up 26 or nearly 27% and it's now worth 221,000 or just under 222,000 in the portfolio. And as we mentioned before, we'd be very happy to keep that. And it would be in the larger portfolio, it could be argued that it would be a hedge against inflation. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like that. I, I'm, yeah, I didn't expect it to have performed as well as it had. I didn't realise how low it was last January. Yeah. Yeah. And there was thought behind it and the reasoning behind it. But it was, you know, if you if you look at the charts, it was turns out it was a a, a good point to buy. But the reasons would still be the same. And we would still be allocating if we had a portfolio to a a decent amount to commodities. Yeah, I I think if we'd started from today instead, we'd possibly go in for the same 17 and a half percent. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I think we would. Um, Okay, so next up, we've got the. Vanguard FTSE developed Asia Pacific Index. So that's just an index that invests in Asia Pacific. So Australia, Singapore, countries like that. So we put 80 grand into that. And that is now worth, well, it's pretty much bang on 80 grand. It's, it's literally not moved over the course of the year. We did collect some dividends. So that brings our total return to 2.96%. Yields a higher amount. So yeah, it's quite nice yield that. Next, we've got the big boy, S&P 500. No, 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 not too fast. We've got, we've got the developed, uh, sorry, oh, yeah. the developed Europe, but excluding the UK. How's Europe done? Um, so Europe's done quite well, actually. It's got a nearly, a, well, just under a 15% return. Didn't, with the fund that we chose, it didn't have a yield. So well, it was actually, a new fund, so I think it's not paid it yet. 
Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I think uh, European companies exclude. It's not just the UK that pays dividends. Um, I, th- I think that was a new fund. So next year, we should actually have some dividends in that. Okay, fine. That's performed very well. So we allocated just under 80,000. And it's now worth about not just over 91,500, about 15% return. What do you think about it staying in the portfolio? Quite happy with that? Yeah, I mean, I actually wouldn't, I know it's boring so far, but I wouldn't propose changing any of the index allocations. I think they're all fairly fair weightings. There's nothing, I mean, even like the one we're moving on to next, the S&P, that's had a cracking year, but that's still only 9.25% of the portfolio. Yeah, yeah. And of the S&P, it's composed of great, well, a lot of great quality companies. Although, as a lot of people are talking about, it is very frothy at the moment. But if you're a long-term investor, buying and holding it, I'd be very happy. So with that, how has the S&P index done this year? Uh, so it's one of the best performers. In terms of amount of money that we've invested in total return, we've got just under 30% from it. It is an accumulating fund that we chose, which was the iShares core S&P 500. And we allocated 80,000. It's now worth about... 103,500. Yeah, so very, very good return. Yeah. And then we actually had to we put 80,000 into Japan. That's quite high thinking about it now. Um, yeah. I've got no issue with Japan, but it's just given its weight in the world. It's the weight that what it would be in the world index would be three or 4%. We went and put 8% in. Yeah. Um, I think you were keen on that. Yeah, I don't remember why, but it's done, <laughs> it's done fine. So we put 80 grand in, it's returned 7% and it's worth 85 grand now. I'm not sure if we were doing this from scratch today. We, I think we did it because we decided we were allocating 400 grand to indexes. So I said, let's split it into five parts. I think that is as advanced as it went. If it was yeah. real money, I'm not sure I'd have put 8% into Japan. But I don't have an issue with it. I don't really okay. have an issue with that. So I'm quite happy to leave it. I'm just, I think the way we've done it is more to make it simpler than because it's necessarily the best allocation. <laughs> Fine. Um, and then we put 80,000 into an iShares fund, essentially the MSCI Emerging Markets Index. And that's returned just over 4%. So underperformed the developed world by a considerable amount. Um, it's an accumulating fund and it's accounts for just under 7.5% of the portfolio. Should we move on to the individual stocks then? The individual stocks. So This is our this chance. Was, this was our chance to... This was where the market outperformance was going to come from, or not, yeah, as the case and, was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And something that's long outperformed the market and a stock that I like very much is Unilever. Unilever's had a very lacklustre year and there have been the ongoing concerns with inflation, which hasn't done it any good. But I mean, I th- I'd... I'm very happy to holding Unilever. I think it's a quality company. It is managing to raise its prices in response to inflation. And I would see good long-term growth from Unilever. I'd be very happy, although we haven't been doing it here, reinvesting the dividends. It returned a decent £686 in dividends from the £20,000, which is just under 4%. But overall for the year, it was negative, about 4.5% actually. Counts for about 1.6% of the portfolio. Sam, happy with it staying in? I've got no issues continuing to hold Unilever. I like it at these prices. 
I wouldn't. I think there's other companies I'd like to add to first. I'd like to buy first with the money that we're going to have to spend. Okay. But I wouldn't be against adding to Unilever. I think it's a yeah. very good company and I'm happy to keep it in the portfolio. Good. Okay. Next one we've got is Tesco's. So Tesco's had a very good year. We allocated £20,000 to it, which is now worth <laughs> it doesn't sound <laughs> right does it, it but it's sound... okay okay sorry <laughs> it is it, 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 tesco's has had a very good year i suppose it's it, it's it's the return that we've got on our spreadsheet is 20 percent, and that is largely down to the very special dividend that they paid and then as... they cut the shares so what they did was they, they paid cut... out like a 20 yeah. percent dividend or whatever it was and then for every 19 shares you held, you had 15 new shares. So yeah. that's why we've got slightly less invested than we had at the start. It's because we've got less shares. Those shares are worth about the same amount. And we've had 24% dividends yeah. for the year. And that was through the sale of the Thai business. Yeah. So, yeah. So like you say, we put in 20 grand. It's now worth just over 19 grand, but we've had almost five grand of dividends so it's, it's, it's essentially still worth the well, same uh, weighting in the portfolio as it was before, but we just have the chunky dividends. I have Tesco's in my own portfolio and I've actually reinvested the dividends. So that. So you've got the same uh, amount of shares. I've, I, I do. I do. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm happy holding it, but um, we're going to come on to uh, I'd like work, later. Yeah. yeah um, I'd, I'd, I'd spoiler alert. But I, I think last time we covered it on the show, I thought it looked quite pricey. So it's one of the stocks I'd like to discuss potentially selling now okay. later on in the okay. show. <laughs> okay. So, but it, it, overall, it, it's before it's performed well, and we I think we both agree it's a good business. I suppose the yeah. debate is just the valuation at the moment. Well, it was about twenty three yeah. times earnings when we last looked at it, which for Tesco's quite a lot. Yeah, but I mean, we were on the back of lockdown well we were i think we're actually in another lockdown so those supermarket retailers were doing very well on the back of that although how much of it translated through to profits uh, rather than just sales because they did have increased costs but anyway we can we can come on to that when we, we discuss uh, what's what's going to be bought and what's going to be sold next we have taylor wimpy uh we've been positive on the house builders on the show before and I think Taylor Wimpy was really our pick of the bunch at the time. And we allocated 20,000 to it. And it's now worth, well, it's actually worth 0.5% more. It had, traditionally, it had a very good dividend yield. That's just been reinstated. So the, the yield that we've got was about 2.5% or about 500 pounds for our 20,000. We've just kept that as cash rather than reinvesting it and so it's essentially worth the save as as what we paid for it with some cash from the dividends some thoughts on taylor wimpy happy for it to stay yeah i like i like it the house builders we've covered this year i think it's been the most impressive if it wasn't in there i'd probably be pushing it for to be at, for it to be added actually so i'm i'm more than happy to continue holding it i know it's only performed half a percent but like, I mean, I think the shares are pretty cheap and that dividend yield's going to go up now that the dividend's been reinstated. So I'm more than happy to carry on holding it. Exactly, exactly. So we'd hope that that dividend might go to, well, go towards the 5% eventually. I mean, that, that historically and in the last sort of five years, it's been, it's, in fact, it's been considerably higher than that. So Segro, should we move on to that one? Yeah, Segro. Which, for the record, I didn't want, but you pushed for <laughs> 
Um, yes, so uh, along with Tesco's, uh, pushed for Segro, and Segro has had a very good year. Um, so you allocated 20,000 to it, it's now worth about 29,000, and it's had a return about 500 pounds in or uh, 465 in dividends. And total performance, including dividends, has been 47.78%. And it's now worth about 2.6% of, or it accounts for, in terms of weighting, about 2.6% of the portfolio. Sam, thoughts on Segro? I mean, it's, it's had a very good year. I don't think it's going to carry on compounding at 47% a year. My no. thoughts would be to take the money and run. Last time we yeah. covered it on the show, I thought it looked quite pricey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, we discussed it in an earlier episode, but essentially, I suppose it's benefited from a growth trend and it's been, I guess, turbocharged by the fact that we've had lockdown and been lots of online deliveries. There's been more, well, there's been the, a greater demand for warehouse space and Segro is the largest player in the warehouse space in the UK. Did, did we talk about Tritex Big Box Re and went with Segro instead? Um, I think I we might have done, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of rings a bell, but no, I, I do like it. I like the sector it's in. It's just, it's just looking too expensive for me at the minute. Yeah, no, I, I would tend to agree with you, but I suppose if you were to argue to keep it, the long-term fundamentals of the business are still very positive, and it's got a lot of tailwinds behind it. But yeah, I, I wouldn't expect it to return that <laughs> continuously and compound at that rate. No, but if, anyway. if it does, selling it will be a mistake. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see next year. Um, okay, so another company that we both like is Rightmove. So Rightmove, we allocated £20,000 to that. It's returned about, well, just under 20%, now worth about twenty, just under £24,000 in the portfolio. And it's had a small dividend of £139. It's now accounting for about 2.1% of the portfolio. I think we both still very much like it. Whether we buy it at the current prices, I'm not sure, but it's a quality company uh, that we'd be looking to keep in the portfolio. Yeah, I own it personally, and I certainly won't be selling it at the current price, so I don't think we should do it in here either. Yeah, no, again, hold it also, and uh, <laughs> I'm very pleased with how it's doing, but no plans to sell. Yeah, so Money Supermarket, this one's one of mine. That's It's had a very bad year, so it's, I mean... It's hard to get away from what's happening in the energy market at the minute. Travel's still not doing particularly well, both of which are businesses that Money Supermarket is quite heavily involved with. So we put 20 grand into that. That's now worth 16 grand, but we did have a thousand pounds of dividends. So that's brought the total return to minus 14.69%. I certainly won't be pushing to add to it, but I, I do still like the business. I... I mean, John Kingham made a very, very persuasive argument for it. It's a business he likes as well, which is his interview is going to be out next week. My view would be it's a very well diversified business. It's got a quite attractive business model. It's very, very profitable, great return on capital. Whether or not the business has been permanently impaired as a result of the changes that we're seeing, especially like with um, is it energy now where you, you can't offer the new cost you can't offer new customers better deals than existing customers so that that's probably not going to help switching either there's a few things like that where it's, it's going against it so whether or not that's permanently changed the business i think it's too soon to tell but i, I think selling it now would probably be premature mm. 
Mm. And I suppose, we, 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 I guess with the energy market as well, like how, how many supplies are actually available now? I mean, most, most well, a, a huge number. I think there were 80 a few years ago. And yes, like you say, if, if the price cap is going to only be changed in April, the cheapest deal is currently being on a standard variable tariff, which is essentially the price cap. Um, so you don't, I, I can't imagine anyone has incentive to change um, when it comes to energy at the moment. And yeah, like you say, sort of holiday products, holiday insurance. Again, not that many people are going on holiday at the moment, although it's probably not quite as bad as this time last year. Yeah, I mean, they do have other set. They've got they've got home insurance, and they do. Mm. They've obviously got the car insurance. And they've got the the travel. Um, they've got the mortgage side as well, and stuff like mm. that. So it is quite well diversified. But it's just, I think they've got like four key sectors, and two of them have been hit badly by various mm. regulatory issues this year. I just think it's too soon to tell whether or not the business is a worse business than it was when we picked it. And when we picked yeah. it, I thought it was quite a good business. So I, I'd I'd say just wait and see with that one. I think yeah, we'll see how it's doing next year. Yeah. Yeah. Home serve. That's another one of your picks, Sam. All right. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. It wasn't accusatory. No, no, no. Most of my picks are down. The, the moral of this, you will come away from this episode. And if you want a money manager, you'll probably be approaching John instead of me. <laughs> no, his picks have done. But yeah, home serve. I think it's fair to say, although I picked it, it was a business that we both liked. Yeah. It's a business no, I own personally. Um, so it's boiler repairs, boiler boiler insurance, that kind of thing. And what we liked was the home expert side of the business, which was checker trade and it was almost like an Uber for tradesmen. Mm. It's not had the best year. So we put 20 grand in. It's now worth just over 16, but we've had 500 pounds of dividends. We looked at it a few weeks ago on the show and, and it had the business had put up some excellent results, I thought. I, I don't think the way the stock has moved has been in line with the way the business has moved this year. I think the results it's put out have been very good. And I think it's looking quite cheap now. I think it was at a P of something like 20 or some around there, which for the growth it was putting up and the fact that no one really knows how profitable the home expert sites could be. And it's almost not really priced in at all. I'm more than happy continuing to own home serve. What about you? Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. And it's delivering great growth in the US, which is very, very encouraging. Even if you t- take out the app side of it and the website, I wouldn't be too worried even if you s- stripped those out. And it was just almost the US business. So yeah, yeah, I'd be very happy to continue holding it. Yeah, next one, another one of mine, which is down before <laughs> you point it out. <laughs> Hargreaves lands down, so we put 20 grand into that. It's now worth just over 17 grand and we've had 500 pounds of dividends. So we're down to 11%. I think Hargreaves is a fantastic business. I think the numbers it puts up are fantastic. We compared it to AJ Bell a couple of weeks ago and I just think it is a really, really good business. I don't want to add to it because it's only down 11% and it's still worth 1.5% of the portfolio. I own it personally. I own HomeServe personally as well. And actually, there's quite a lot of stocks in here I own personally. <laughs> <laughs> but... I own money supermarket personally as well. <laughs> but it's I think it's very cheap at the current price. I think it's had it's a better business. It's similar to home serve. It's a better business than it was a year ago, and the share price doesn't reflect that. In the long term, I would continue to back it. So what are your thoughts, yeah. John? No, and I think it was the slightly unfortunate time in the sense that it came off the back of the lockdown trading and it had been doing very or exceptionally well again something maybe a bit of a catalyst for it and it's pulled back at, at slightly but i agree with you it is a quality company 
Um, I don't own it personally, but I do like it. And I'm very happy for it to stay in the portfolio. Interesting. The share price hasn't really budged in about five years. And it is a much, much better business than it was five years ago. It's got, I think it's got over double the number of customers now. And the PE is about 20. I, 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 I like it a lot. Next one, Diageo. This is this was like Unilever. This is one that we I think it was probably quite near the top of both of our lists. Yeah, so I agree. Diageo's done fantastically, which I wouldn't necessarily have expected it to do as well as it's done. So we put 20 grand in and it's now worth 27 grand, plus we've had 500 pounds of dividends. So that brings a total return to 38%. I think it's looking fairly pricey now, but it is such a quality business that I would not dare to sell it. <laughs> What are your yeah. thoughts? Well, it's one that sits in my portfolio, and I think I bought it low 20s. It's done very well, very happy just to leave it, set the dividends to automatically reinvest and sort of forget about it. I think the products that it delivers are they're quality products, and they're going for the premium end of the market as well. They've got fantastic margins, and it's a growth business too. And it is growing as well. Um, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, so I'm quite happy to continue holding that one. Oh, wait, we've got one more UK one. So we've got AstraZeneca. That was another one of yours, John. So obviously that's up. Uh, no. How's, how's AstraZeneca done? So I think it's had a decent year. We've got returned 20%. I was quite keen that we should have a farmer play in it. And of the two or the two big UK ones, AstraZeneca and Glaxo, I think the purer play was AstraZeneca, had a better pipeline, I don't think the valuation was outrageous and it also had a, diff- a decent dividend yield. Um, so we kept it in the portfolio. Do you think there's a, a case for selling it? I wouldn't be selling it based on valuation. It's not a business I follow particularly closely. I just think we, I think we've come across some very, very good businesses in the last year that had we looked at in more detail, possibly would have gone in the portfolio last year. Mm. And to add some of those businesses... I think some businesses need to be sold. So it's not that AstraZeneca has done anything wrong or even that it's necessarily too expensive. It's more the opportunity cost. I just think there's other businesses I'd be keener to have in there than AstraZeneca. Fine, fine. So on to now the US now. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you, you, you go and lead on these, well, at least <laughs> the first few. Yeah, so US, we, pick, we had 10 US picks, each with 2% each, as we did with the UK. Interestingly... At the time, a lot of the US growthy stocks, which are the ones that I follow more closely, were very, very highly valued. And in hindsight, I think they actually peaked in about January 2021. So just after we did this, we did the first, we did the portfolio last year. So we definitely weren't aware that the valuations were about to peak, but we had 10 slots and we struggled to fill them. So, so part of the reason as well, we mentioned earlier the S&P 500's had a fantastic year. A lot of that has been driven by the bigger companies, so the Apples and the Facebooks and the Googles. A lot of the growth stocks, which had done very well in the pandemic, some of which are in the portfolio, have had a really horrible time. Fortunately, we stayed away from those, but yeah, if we'd filled it with growth stocks, the portfolio would have done a lot worse. But yeah, so firstly, we had Ozon, which was the Amazon of Russia. It's probably the easiest way to describe it. We put 20 grand into that and that's worth just under 16 grand. So we're down about 21%. This wasn't a business I knew particularly well. I'd, I'd read a little bit about it, but not enough that I would have bought it for my own portfolio. But the valuation seemed reasonable to some of the other, compared to some of the other growthier stocks. 
I would now be inclined to sell it because since we put it in the portfolio, I haven't looked at it once. And it's just not a business that I follow. The only reason it went in there, I think, in hindsight, is because I couldn't find anything that was reasonably valued that I liked or I struggled to. So yeah, it's, it's not done particularly well. Fortunately, it's not done horrendously, but it's not a business that I follow. So I'd be quite keen to get rid of it. What are your thoughts, John? Yeah, it's one that I don't know about. And yeah, uh, I think I'd struggle to understand as well. So yeah, I have no objection to getting rid of it. Right. Next one's AlterX. That's another one which it was a growth stock which had stopped growing basically. So it was already having problems when we picked it. I was hoping the growth would reaccelerate. It does like data analytics and stuff like that. The growth didn't reaccelerate, so it's not done very well. It's actually our worst performer at minus 51%. I mean, this was more of a turnaround than anything else, and the turnaround hasn't happened. I don't really follow the company anymore. I stopped following it probably. I've not really looked at it since about the summer, but the reason that was purchased was for a turnaround and if they could reaccelerate the growth it was looking very cheap that hasn't happened and i'm not aware of anything that's going to cause it to happen albeit i've stopped following the company so i'd want to take our losses and run on that one i know it now means we need to find something that'll double just to get back to where we were but i don't really want to carry on holding it i'd rather just take the loss what about you agree okay this is easy so next we've got meta which was facebook when we added it but they've changed their name we put 20 grand into that that's done very well it's up just under 27 percent, and it's now worth just over 25 grand i actually think it's pretty reasonably priced the current price it's about a p of about 24 i think i actually would like to add it to the list of stocks to discuss adding to i don't know whether we will add to it but I think it's a very good business. Valuation is very reasonable and it's performing very well. What are your thoughts, John? Yeah, I like, well, as it was known, Facebook, and I wouldn't be opposed to adding more. What's the valuation looking like at the moment? Good question. It's not a trillion dollars yet. <laughs> valuation, it is $932 billion and a PE of 24. Okay, okay. So not, not outrageous for the sort of growth it's been delivering. Yes, but what is the growth? I'll just check. Yes, the growth. So earnings per share, diluted earnings per share, 2017, $5.39, 2018, $7.57, 2019, $6.43, 2020, $10.09. I mean, it's, it's doubled earnings in the last few years. Revenue has gone from $40 billion to $112 billion in the last four years in the trailing 12 month to when using the trailing 12 month figure. It's just a monster. It doesn't seem to be slowing down. It's a fantastic business. There's a lot of different bits to it. I think we talked about it last when we actually put it in, but the main issue facing Facebook or Meta is regulation and whether or not it would be broken up. I think there's a strong argument that if it was broken up, the sum of the parts would actually be worth more than 900 billion. I don't know mm. how much I don't know how much the big Facebook blue would be worth. That'd be worth a lot. Instagram would be worth a lot. I think WhatsApp would be worth a lot. I don't know what Oculus would be worth, but there's a, there's a lot of different parts of this that would be worth a lot of money. So yeah, I'm very happy to continue holding it and possibly add to it depending on what we decide later. Yes, no, complete agreement on that. Next up, we've got Etsy. Etsy is it's actually my biggest holding personally. So we put 20 grand into that. 
it's now worth just under 24 grand. It's actually pulled back about, I don't know, like 30, 40% in the last few weeks. Mm. It's still up 18.73%. But if we'd done this a month ago, it would have been one of the best performers. But instead, it's just a 19% return. Still pretty decent. I like it. I don't think we need to add to it. I think there's other businesses that I would like to add more, but it's a business that I like a lot. It's performing very well. And it's one of the few, it might be the only growth stock in the portfolio that's actually had share price growth, uh, unless you count Facebook as a growth stock, which I don't know if I would. And to interrupt, what do you think about the valuation of Etsy at the moment? I think it's pretty, well, it's, last time I looked, it was about 30 billion. And it's price to sales? Price. Well, it's actually a lot of earnings. Oh, sorry, so Sam. Yeah, so, <laughs> Didn't mean to jump to... You're not used to that, are you? No. So it's market cap's about 28 billion and the price to earnings is 66. However, it is it is a fast grower. In 2020, the business basically doubled. It's pulled back a bit now. It's only growing at about 15, 20%, I think, from memory. But that's on top, on the back of the pandemic figures where the business, well, doubled. I think it's got a lot of growth ahead of it. I think it's a fantastic business. I think... I think the earnings, the price is pretty reasonable. I mean, it's, it generates a, a good amount of cash. It generates a good amount of earnings and has for a while. A P of about 60 for the growth it's putting up, I think is pretty reasonable. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to continue holding it. Fine. Okay. Right. Pinterest. Pinterest, another one of mine. I do like Pinterest a lot. It's not had a very good year, so it's down 47%. So our 20 grand is worth just over 10 now or 10 and a half. I don't think there's really a massive... So it's, it's also got earnings, this one. It's now trading at a P ratio of 68. I don't really think the share price has moved in line with the business. Part of the reason this has done badly is because growth stocks in general have pulled back a lot. Part of the, the other part is because monthly active users have declined, started declining. However, a lot of people came onto the platform because of the pandemic that are now going out and doing stuff again. So I think a lot of those users will come back. I don't think it's the start of a permanent decline. And although users are declining, because those users have just so under-monetized compared to the other social media platforms, the revenue is doing very, very well. So in the trailing 12 months, revenue is 2.4 billion, and that compares to 1.7 billion for the year end, for the 2020 calendar year. However, that's still in, that includes the final quarter of the calendar year so it's going to be even it's going to be even more of a differential but the revenue is still growing at about 100 percent a year i won't go into it in too much detail but if you look at the international users and how much they're monetized compared to the us users they are so under monetized that if just with the users they've got if they can continue monetizing those properly there's a massive runway for revenue expansion so i like pinterest I I wouldn't be against adding to it at the current price, but there's other businesses on the list I'd like to add to more. And I also don't really want to add to a loser. I think we're better to leave it and just see if it does pick up. But I, I would back it over the long term to beat the market still. What are your thoughts on Pinterest, John? It seems very expensive to me. A little bit concerned about the user decline. Probably wouldn't add it to my own portfolio personally but i mean we've got to have some compromises so we could agree do you want to have a discussion it, about selling it um what have we what have we got in the portfolio um whether we crystallize a loss 
We don't have any tax that we can save here because it's fantasy. No, no, that's right. That's a shame. Um, <laughs> fine. We can have the discussion we, if we, you want. We can have we can have the discussion. We can have the discussion. Oh. We can see what else we might buy. Yeah, I'll put it on the list. You do realise whatever we pick is going to have to double. Although yeah. with the way you pick them, that might not be a problem. Well, <laughs> we, might, we might, just a couple of years. Right, so next one, we've got Electronic Arts, um, Video Game Maker, they've got FIFA. Um, they had the Star Wars games, although I think they've now lost that licence. Sims, I'm not much of a gamer, so I'm forgetting a lot of them, but they've got loads of games. I view it almost like the Disney of video games. Oh, they've still got the Star Wars license, but it's no longer exclusive. So there's going to be other Star Wars games makers now. Battlefield, that's another one. So yeah, so EA, we put that in. I thought it was looking fairly reasonable. I think there's a lot of tailwinds for the industry. We put 20 grand in and it's now worth 18 and a half grand. We've had a tiny dividend of about 100 quid, so it's down 8%. I'm not particularly concerned. I like the business. I'll just check the valuation. Yeah, so it's valued at $37 billion. PE is 48. I think it's got some quality brands. I think there's a lot of tailwinds for the industry. What do you think about it, John? And I think it's a bit pricey, but I think it is a quality business. We've got it in. I'm happy to hold it. Yeah, I don't... Mm, the thing is, like last year when we did it, a lot of the stocks that I would have suggested were very, very expensive. And it's a good thing we didn't put them in because some of them would have done even worse. If we were doing it from scratch now, I don't know if EA would make the list of 10 US companies. But similar to you, it's, it is a very good business. So I don't think I want to sell it. Okay. Right. Next Sorry. one. This one's your baby. So do you want to take it? Yeah. So <laughs> Kraft Heinz, it's more of a turnaround, uh, turnaround story. We liked it for the same reason. Or well, I liked it for the same reasons I like Unilever. I think it's got a portfolio of very strong brands and it was had struggled it was perhaps well it was definitely overpriced uh, previously um but we bought it after the accounting well some of the accounting issues that um had been in the news in terms of its price to earnings ratio it's under 20 which is unusual for well at the moment is unusual for a lot of big us companies but it's obviously probably not expecting the same growth as with some of the other companies that we have, but it's delivered a decent 8.7% return, including dividends, and it had a decent dividend of 4.5%. So on our £20,000, we got a dividend of £938, and it currently accounts for about 1.86% of the portfolio. It's a company that I hold myself, and I'm very happy just having, having it compounding in the portfolio. I like it. I, I think it's it's had a decent year. It has underperformed the market, but all of my picks have virtually, so I can't really complain for that. I, I think a 9% return is pretty decent. I like the dividend yield. It's got some very good brands, and there's plenty of other businesses I'd want to get rid of before this one, I think. Yeah, generating cash in the portfolio. Yeah. Next one, we've got Berkshire Hathaway, which isn't generating any cash because they've never paid a dividend. Berkshire Hathaway has had an excellent year. So Berkshire Hathaway, for anyone who doesn't know, it's um, a company that Warren Buffett runs. I mean, it's just got fingers in everything. We will have talked about Berkshire plenty of times on the show before, so I won't go into any more detail. I'll just assume you know what it does. But we put 20 grand in. It's now worth 26 and a half, and it's returned 32.79%. 
we were discussing it off air. It's a fantastic business. It's a business that I, I really, really like. I think it's pretty cheap, actually, when you look at the stuff that's in it. It's potentially something I'd consider selling if there's something we wanted to buy more. I think we've probably listed enough stocks that we are interested in selling that we won't need to. And I do like the business, so I, I would be quite keen to carry on holding it. But I'm not expecting it to return 32% a year indefinitely. What are your thoughts, John? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Warren Buffett um, and his team are fantastic managers. But yeah, the 32% is an exceptional year. I would be happy for it to stay in the portfolio, quite honestly. I wouldn't be looking to sell it, no. Okay, and next up, we've got Walt Disney. We've talked about this plenty of times on the show, so I won't really go into it at all. It's a business we both like. We was, We actually couldn't come up with 10 companies that we wanted in the portfolio from the U.S., so we made Disney a double allocation. So we put 40 grand in. It's now, it's down 12%. So it's now worth 35 grand. I don't think that's justified. I think it's undervalued. I absolutely love the business. I, if it wasn't for the fact that we'd made it a double allocation, I'd be pushing to add to it. But because it's all, it's still 3.13% of the portfolio, I think we're best just leaving it. But I would definitely back it to beat the market in the next five years. What about you? Yeah, well, I have it in my own portfolio and I have added to it recently. So, um, yeah, <laughs> so, and for the same reasons, I really like it and I'd have, yeah, no inclination. And I, I wouldn't be worried that it's, you know, down 12% on the year. It's pulled back a bit, but um, yeah. Okay. Bullish on it for the long term. And then the final position is cash. We've got 12, £12,819.59 of cash sitting in the account that's come from dividends. So... It's probably worth going through the ideas of stuff we'd like to consider adding. So we've come up with a little list. The first one on it's British American tobacco. We've covered it before on the show. Last time was a couple of weeks ago. It's very, very cheap. It generates a lot of cash. It's a very, very good business. I'm not necessarily expecting capital growth, but I think it will churn out a good dividend year in, year out. I think it's worth discussing. I think the only issue would be the ethics, really. But I guess in a fantasy portfolio, fantasy cancer is a lot less dangerous. So are we really bothered about the ethics of a fantasy portfolio? I think on paper, it would certainly, I, I would expect it would uh, prob probably beat the market. I think there's a lot of negative sentiment towards it for obvious reasons. It's being sold for you know the ESG concerns. So funds are getting rid of it. Valuation-wise, it's it's difficult to argue. I think it definitely is undervalued, but it, it's I guess it always just comes down to the ethics. Airtel Africa. So this is one that we certainly don't have any ethical concerns about, and it's one that well, in fact, I think it's pro you could argue it's doing uh, it, it, it's uh, it would be an ESG stock. Do you think so? I think so. I think you know. I think ESG. It's just like what's excluded. It's not like actually that like ethical companies anyway. Yeah. That's okay. quite surprising. It's just basically, it's the normal stuff, but they just exclude. So if you look at a lot of ESG funds, they've yeah. just got stuff like Google in there, which okay. I don't know how ethical it is, but because it's not on the naughty list. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So it's really, okay, fine. Because I mean, I would have thought, you know, with uh, Airtel Africa, it's delivering communications and data to underserved parts of the world in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and banking, as we now know. Well, well, yeah, that's that's where a lot of the underbanked members of the planet are. They're all in Africa. Yeah. So that's that's good as well. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've covered it 
a lot of times on the show. We both really like it. The telecom side of the business, it's growing about 20, 30% a year. It's incredibly cheap. And then it's got Airtel money as well, which is almost, think of it as like the PayPal of Africa. That's growing about 40, 50% a year. It's That's going to be spun out as a separate company within the next few years. It's done very well this year. It's a stock we both own personally. I think when we first covered it on the show, it was in this, it was around 75p or something like that. It's now, last time I looked, it was about, what was it, about just under £1.30 a share. However, it's a business that's about 30% bigger than when we first covered it because it's still growing. I think it's, although the share price has done well since we started covering it, if we'd done the fantasy portfolio and we were aware about Airtel Africa, it almost certainly would have gone in straight away. But I think might have, might have got a double application. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it possibly, yeah, it possibly would, yeah. But I think if we were to exclude it because of the share performance, it would just be anchoring bias. I think it's still mm. very, very cheap at the current price. I mean, it's I'd be very, very keen for it to go in there. What about you? Yeah, no, and it's one well. We almost thought it was a bit of a, a, a joke of a company before we looked at it. And then we looked at it and I think you bought the shares first um, after because you, you were looking for a catch and there wasn't. I mean, there, there's, I guess, some issues and like currency, well, potential currency, currency issues, but nothing significant. Yeah, I've, you, I've never seen yeah. anything like it in terms of a company that's down about a lot of the a lot of the issues that were identified were a lot less serious than were a couple than they were a couple of years ago when it first listed. And it was priced as if those issues were still just as bad. So, yeah. for example, like the, I think it, like that debt to EBITDA or whatever they use as the ratio, that that used to be about 9x, which is a very, very high figure. Uh, and that had come down to 2x, which is a pretty manageable figure. So it was just stuff like that, where everything was moving very well in the right direction. And then there was the growth in Airtel money as well. I think it was just, I think it's just undercovered. I think that's a big reason for it. Yeah. And also it's, well, it's similar it, to us when we first looked at it. It's because it was a quiet week. But when we saw it as a telecoms company, it was like, well, it's got results. So we're going to have to cover it. But I would never have looked at it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, well, it's pushing FTSE 100 now. It is. Yeah. I think when we cover it next year, it'll be in the FTSE 100. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see prediction. what happens with that. Um, right. Okay. Boohoo. It's a company we both like. I think it's been cut in half since we last covered it on the show and liked it. Yes, that's right. I see what it's doing. So it came out with a profit warning, didn't it? Yeah. But it's it's still going to grow about 15%. And I know there's cost concerns because of inflation, but I think those are temporary problems. Oh, it's had a good day today. We should have recorded yesterday. <laughs> we could have saved 12%. Um, so yes, yeah, so it's at uh, £1.17 a share. And that compares to a 52-week high of £3.78. So it's down 62% in the last year, showing a P of just under 12. I mean, even if, you know, because of infla- inflation and stuff like that, even if those earnings are down, I think within a couple, couple of years, they're going to be back where they are. I think it's the growth's going to return to, you know, 25% plus a year. I think it's ridiculously cheap. I'd, again, I'd, I'd, would, I'd, I'd be pushing quite hard for it to be in there. What do you think? Yeah, no, I... Without sounding boring, I'd agree for the same reasons. And again, it's one that I'd be looking at for my own portfolio too. Right. Next on the list, we've got Games Workshop. It doesn't go into the category of ridiculously cheap, but whenever we've covered it, it's just a fantastic business. Last time I looked at it, it was at a P of about 25, which for the growth it's delivered over the last few years seems very, very low. And as well, it's, it's, you know, it's starting to do a lot with the licensing and it's still got quite a small store count in 
um, the US and in Asia. PE is about 26. I don't think it's one where I'd be saying this has to go in there, but I think it's definitely worth considering. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly don't think it's too expensive uh, to be buying. And it's, I guess it's a company that has similar qualities to Disney. And mm. I mean, I think you, you'd likened it to the Disney of, well, what would it be the Disney of? I don't think it'd be the, the Disney of, but it's something that I could definitely, if Disney were to buy it, I would not, I'd, I'd look at that and say, well, that makes sense. I could think, I think they could do a lot with that IP. Mm. Yeah. Because um, um, it's still, it's only a 3 billion market cap, which that's yeah. nothing for Disney. No, <laughs> no, um, that's right. Um, so no, that that I think a quality company on the FTSE 100 that we don't have in the portfolio. That yeah. is that. Shall I put that on a maybe list and we can come back? I to think it? so. I think so. Right. So we've got so far we've got British Americans and no Airtel's a yes, Boohoo's a yes, Games Workshops a maybe. So next one's Peloton. Okay. Peloton's had Go a terrible. Make the argument for Peloton, sir. Well, it's had a terrible year. We did look at it on the show a few months ago when its results weren't as bad but it's it had a very very good pandemic because it was selling a lot more bikes a lot of people are now returning to the gyms however where the thesis it comes in for this company is it's not the bikes it's the subscriptions that's going to be very high margin if you look at the business and say well i think they're going to have 10 million subscribers one day and they're all going to be paying 30 dollars a month whatever it is now, i think they could do that it's it's very very cheap on that basis but it's got to keep pushing those putting up those subscriber numbers and it's difficult to do that if they're not selling the bikes growth is pretty much ground to a halt management lied in the earnings call about not needing to raise equity and then they did an equity raise about a week later they also did the equity raise at about 40 dollars a share and it had been 100 dollars a share a few weeks ago and within the past year it had been about 170 dollars a share it is down a lot uh, however I don't know if this will be enough to persuade you is a problem, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. down seventy-two percent so far. Yeah, it's down seventy-two yeah. percent in the last year, and it's now got a market cap of twelve billion. I think they could the subscribers is where the money is, and I think, I mean, it's current. It's now only at, I know it's it's lower margin because um, of the bikes, but it's trading at it's trading at price to sales of just over three. And it was a lot, lot, you know, it was, it was over 10 at one point. I, I don't know if it'll be enough to persuade you, though. <laughs> no, I, I think it's the first half of what you said uh, with management. No, I, absolutely not. Right. Okay. That one's gone. I hope this is going to be like Nvidia was last year. I'm sick of time. We're able to cover it on the show. And so it's up 300%. And John didn't want it in the fantasy portfolio. <laughs> right, next one's Alibaba, Amazon of China. It's just very cheap. <laughs> It, it's a very impressive business and it keeps getting cheaper. So we did cover it on the show before. It's it's kind of similar to the Facebooks and the Googles where it's growing about 20% a year. I'll just get it. Currently at a P ratio of 17. And in the past 12 months, it's down 53%. And it's got a 52-week high of $274. And that compares to a current share price of $122. It's it's risky, but I, I think it's very, very cheap. What do you think? Oh, no, I'd agree with you. And I think I would be in favour of taking that risk. Would you? Is that a yes or a maybe? It's a yes. It's, it's a, yes. a yes. Barber's in. Barber's in. Right. How much lower can it go? We'll find out in a year. Yeah, we <laughs> half again. Um, right. So next one's... So what I was thinking as well is for... We still need to decide what we're selling. 
but I was thinking for the US, for every US company we sell, we should replace the US one to keep try and keep that allocation, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So be, because two of the companies that are being sold are US listed, we have to buy two US listed, potentially three. It depends whether we sell Pinterest as well. So we've got Barber, we need at least one more. I would suppose we may as well do the US ones together. So I've got Upwork and Fiverr, I'd like to consider. Upwork I own personally, that's pulled back about 50%. Fiverr, I also own personally now, that's pulled back about, it's getting on for 70% now. So we looked at it when it was about 40 times sales. It's now down to about 15 times sales. I think they're both excellent businesses. They are both expensive, but you know, a year ago, I in fact, I'll just get it up. A year ago, I wouldn't have put Fiverr in the fancy portfolio because it was so expensive. However, since then, it's down 45% and the business has grown about 50 or 60%. The market cap's about four and a half billion. And for Upwork, it's about four billion as well. So as well, it's it's, it's sort of a case where I think the market is going to be massive for that. And I think when they're both such, you know, I could see it being a hundred billion dollar market. And when the two biggest companies that are listed are about four billion each, I think they've both got a lot of room to grow. If I had to pick one, I'd say the better company is probably Fiverr, but you're paying up for it. I guess with the pullback that it's had in the last year, you aren't paying as much as you were. So if I had to pick one, it'd be Fiverr, but I'd, I'd be interested in putting both on the maybe list, actually. Okay. What are your thoughts? And would you have a preference um, of the two? Uh, <laughs> I'd prob- probably edge towards Fiverr, but they wouldn't be companies that I would naturally buy. But I appreciate this is a joint portfolio, a joint effort, a joint portfolio. So if, if you have them as your picks... Yeah, and as well, part of it is as well, you know, we need to come up with another US business otherwise. <laughs> can't, can, we have a double, can we have a double allocation to Kraft Heinz? <laughs> I don't know if we want that. <laughs> um, Stabilise the portfolio. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of stabilisers. That's why, <laughs> that's why my growth stocks didn't ruin it this year. Uh, I think we've got yeah. enough stabilisers. Right, next one. So we've got, I'll put Fiverr as a yes then. An okay. Upwork as a maybe, and then we'll come back to <laughs> okay. Upwork, depending on whether we need another US company. As long, as long as we don't have Peloton in there, I'm happy. Oh, but I mean, <laughs> to be honest, we've got to have the discussion about Meta still, depending on whether or not we sell Pinterest. So it might be that Upwork doesn't go in now. Right, so we're back to UK again, just because that's the order I wrote them down in. Associated British Foods is yes. a business you both, we both like, but you've asked for it to be considered. Yeah, so I, think at the, I think at the moment, in terms of the valuation, I mean, it's, it's it's a good business. It it is a I suppose a pure play on retail. I guess more the discounter retail um, with Primark, but it's got a diversified portfolio. So it's not not just Primark. And I'd expect with things going back to normal, expect strong numbers from them. And I think the last time we checked, it was only trading at about thirteen times earnings. Um, so for the growth and the valuation think it's a decent business in itself um and it's probably a bit of a sleeper in the FTSE 100 i i like it i definitely wouldn't be against it going in there so because we've only got a limited number of companies that can go in would you rather have it in there over games workshop probably yes right so it looks like games workshops out but i mean i I'd, I'd rather <laughs> i'd rather have them both uh both of them rather than you know you're is there uh, anything Fiverr. else on the list that you're seeing that you're well five is five can only be swapped for a us listed uh, company is a problem i appreciate, I appreciate so that. is there anything else on the uk side that you're looking at and thinking well i'd rather have games workshop or associated british foods in there now 
Piece 13.7, by the way. I've just checked it. Possibly. Well, I think we've... You mentioned AstraZeneca. Possibly AstraZeneca. I'd, I'd swap, maybe swap that out for, for Associated British Foods. Okay. And then do we have... Is there anything else you'd want out? Because we've got, I think at the minute, for the UK side, the ones that have been discussed have been Tesco and Segro. That's more on valuation than anything else. And AstraZeneca, mm. we already, yeah, I think it's fair to say Airtel Africa and Boohoo are definitely going in. Yeah, so that takes out Tesco's and Segro. So it's AstraZeneca's coming out. So then it's, we'll say Associated British yeah. Boohoo's going in. Is there anything else we'd want to get rid of the games workshop or do we just say well we'll keep it on the watch list and maybe next year there'll be something we like we want I mean, it for, for me it would be either money supermarket or home serve but i wouldn't necessarily be inclined to sell one that, I, I, I don't, i'd I be i'd actually be inclined there. to agree i i think i think my issue is i don't want to sell the losers unless i think the thesis <laughs> is broken because it's just a bad yeah. habit because the yeah, problem is, yeah. like, if, if you, for example, like if you sell a stock that's down 20%, you need to make 25% just to get back to where you were. So yeah. I, if, they, if they were sat there, I know it's silly because if you've got a business you like more, well, that's the discussion we can have. Because if you've got a business mm. you like more, would you be better off just selling it regardless of what it's done? Maybe that's where we are with it. Yeah. Right, so money supermarket or home serve. I'm just trying to think which one of them I'd rather part with. I mean, I, <laughs> you have a I'd, be I, I, well, I'd be happy to break the structure and accept that some UK companies are maybe a little bit more undervalued than some US ones. Okay. I, well, I mean, that, that I, know be... I agree with that. Well, what about EA? Because it's not really moved. It's down 8%. Yeah, I mean, it's... yeah. I, I mean, if, if it were between the two, I, yeah, I, I think I'd probably go with that. I'd probably have Games Workshop over EA. All right. Let's redo my formula now. All right, okay. So... I don't, would we sell? Oh, I can't. I can't bring myself to sell Berkshire. Actually, I don't think it'd have to be something. What would I? No, no, no. We're not selling it. Good. <laughs> I'm glad it. you made that decision for me. I, was, I would have spent. That would have been the next twenty minutes. Just me, um, and Aaron. Uh, right. Okay. It's it's nice. To, it's well. It's quite nice to have it in there and compare it to the world index too. <laughs> to see that act, active is active is not bad. Right. So associated British foods and games workshop are going in now. Good. Well, we'll have to discuss the allocations in a bit because we might not have enough cash to go around. But they're both going in. We'll start with that. Okay. Next on the list, we've got Auto Trader. This was a, again. This was another one of your suggestions. So we've covered Auto Trader along with Right Move. I think we like both of the companies. Auto Trader has been putting up some very good numbers. It's not the cheapest stock, but it's very high quality and a UK growth stock. So. Do you think it warrants a place in the portfolio? And if it does, what would you replace it with? What would you sell to buy it? I do like it. The last set of results it put up were fantastic. My concern would be it is quite expensive. I, I appreciate Rightmove's also expensive, but <laughs> I think Rightmove's the better business. I don't know if it's so good that I'd want to get rid of something else. Okay. okay. But I, I, I think it's... I do like it, but, but but then as well, like part of the discussion as well could be like if if you're gonna would you rather buy Auto Trader or top up right move? Yeah. I'd probably top bit, up right move. Yeah. I suppose you get a little bit more diversity, but they are similar plays. Yeah, but I think right move's a better business. Yeah. Um, no, but I don't no, particularly I want disagree. to top up right move because that's quite expensive and we've already got a decent allocation to it. But yeah, yeah, I think it's one that'll 
you know, we could be back again discussing it next year. Yeah, and I love Damon. Well, done very well, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really pushing for it because I think Airtel Africa, Games Workshop, Boohoo, yeah, I'd pick, pick those ones up along with Associated British Foods, probably. Okay, next so, on the list, we've, we've got Meta. In fact, we, yeah, we've, we've got Meta in the portfolio, though. Are you talking about topping it up or potentially? So it's well, actually, we because we've already sold, because we've, in fact, should we work out what we're selling and we see if we need to buy anything else? Yeah. Okay, it's probably best. Right, so selling Tesco, Segro, AstraZeneca, we've agreed on that. Ozon and Alterx, I think we're both happy they're gone. Yeah. EA is gone. Do you want to sell Pinterest? Um, I mean, I, I'm not someone who has a love of the business, to be honest. Um, the thing is, we're selling it. Growth stock. I mean, if if we were having... In fact, I'll get the share price up. But if we'd have had this conversation, I mean, I don't think it was really beating the market at any point during the year actually but yeah so you know at 20th of october it was 62 dollars a share and it's now at 36 so it's the last couple of months it has literally fallen off a cliff i, I you know i know that i appreciate a lot of it's the timing because we're only looking at once a year but i think now is not the time to sell i think if we were to postpone this discussion by a year <laughs> i would i would be very confident that, well i think the business the share price would be likely to be in a much stronger position Okay. And possibly okay. better than okay. something else could do. Okay, if you'd like to keep it in, we'll keep it in. Right, okay. So in that case, so the stocks we're selling total 116 grand, plus we've got the dividends. And we've got, at the minute, six stocks we've agreed we want to buy. And we've got 120, just under 129 grand to spend. So we could have six 20 grand allocations and then another one for the nine. Or we could increase the allocate. We don't have to allocate them all the same either. If there's one that's higher risk, we could give that a smaller allocation because it'd be about a 1% position. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we take risk into account, but would you be agreeable to having a, a taking more of a punt on Airtel Africa? What, so add the extra into that? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd agree with that. <laughs> that was very very easy okay. <laughs> i thought that'd be more discussion right well, we, both so, like, we both like it we talked about it a lot but... okay so that means we're going to be selling tesco segro astrazeneca ozone alterx and electronic arts we're going to be buying alibaba 20 grand games workshop 20 grand boohoo 20 grand fiverr 20 grand associate british foods 20 grand and airtel africa 28 grand we're happy with that we're happy with that Right, I think that's that's that done for a year. Then I'll just update the spreadsheet. But is there anything else we want to talk about? I don't think so. If anyone else would like to do this at home with the million pounds, I mean, it's what you could do is if you do it in the next week and you send it in to us, then we can have a listener competition. But you have to send it in in the next week, otherwise, you know, it's unfair. It, we could it, it's e easily fiddled and. Uh, See how it compares with our our fancy portfolio as well, and see if you see if you can beat the world index. Well, we certainly can't. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, maybe they'll just send in the world index. I mean, that's yeah. I would add to this that obviously I've got my own individual stocks, but uh, I do yeah invest in the world index uh, and take an index approach to a large proportion. But you can't get over the fun of stock picking. That's for sure. No, that's. That was worth the six percent underperformance, yeah, wasn't it? The yeah. fun we'd have had with that sixty the fun grand. in losing money. <laughs> well, we did or, make well, money. Well, no, fine, fine, fine. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That, that I, I take that back. 
uh, the fun in underperforming the market. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, you can t- you can kid yourself easier with twelve percent. Whereas if it was <laughs> we'd done negative eighteen percent and the market was negative twelve percent, we'd feel a lot worse about the six yeah, percent underperformance. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. Right, okay. okay well, thank you again for listening, and uh, we'll see you again next year. See you next. Well, we'll see you next week, but we'll see. You, <laughs> we'll update this next year. See ya. Okay, see you. Thank you for listening to the Investor Way. To get in touch, please follow us on Twitter at TIW Tweets. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. Neither Sam nor Jonathan are financial advisors. For investment advice, please consult professional advisors.